Hey, and welcome to the Get Richer Teacher podcast. My name is Ola, and I'll be your guide and mentor on your way to realizing your potential as an educator. If the title of the podcast is triggering, that's even better, because that means that I still have some work to do. My mission is to help teachers work independently and believe that they deserve more freedom and more money. As a teacher, you are allowed to work with your perfect students rather than some random people challenging how much you charge and asking why so much. If you're ready to become a richer teacher, build and scale an independent teaching business that can support your dreams and your lifestyle, then you're in the right place. The world knows that teachers are superheroes. Let's get paid what we're worth, shall we? Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Richer Teacher. And today I've got a really special episode for you and a special guest who is going to talk to us about something that, to be perfectly honest, I have literally no idea about. And that's why I'm even more excited to talk to her. So welcome to Nicola Prentice. Hello. Hi, and thank you. <laughs> no worries. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me. Uh, I'm pretty sure. There will be lots of listeners who will be like, ooh, investing? What? So you run a website and a program and generally educate people, especially in that ELT niche of ours, um, on investing. How did that all start? Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how it, this whole project all started? Okay, sure. So my background in, in ELT is probably a pathway that would be very familiar to people because I graduated from a degree in the arts, philosophy particularly, and I just had no idea what to do when I finished that because it doesn't really prepare you for a career. And um, I tempted for a while and then a friend of mine was doing the TEFL course and I just thought I've got to do something, I'm just going to do that with her. Um, and then, of course, you know, you realise, oh, this is amazing and I can go to all of these places. So it just became a passport. So I did that for years, you know, Prague, Turkey, uh, Germany. I won't even be able to remember the list now, but just uh -huh. you know, going wherever, Australia, going wherever. And the funny thing about doing that work is that I used to teach people who worked in finance and I would go to their offices and they would, you know, tell me about these things. And I just thought of that as something that they did, but had nothing to do with me. And, you know, when I think now what kind of sums of money they were earning compared with me and what they, they could have taught me if I had just milked them for everything they were worth, I could have started this 20 years ago. But um, I ended up gravitating into materials writing instead, which was kind mm -hmm. of a a way to, I thought, like develop a career that wasn't just swapping my time for, you know, right. 30 euros an hour money. or whatever yep. I was managing to get. Or even less. Unless, <laughs> yeah, for Language Academies, much less. But, you know, I never had never had pensions I mean didn't think it applied to me um it was just like oh it's boring whatever I was a bit scornful of people even who had mm -hmm. pensions I think which is the worst thing and then you know fast forward many years and about a couple of years ago I was just like I've got savings because I'm a good saver that is you know something mm -hmm. and I had savings but they weren't enough to do anything with I couldn't mm -hmm. um get a house I mean they weren't enough to put down a deposit on a house but also no bank manager is going to look at a single parent who lives in a foreign country who um has an erratic at best income mm -hmm. so um I just was looking around like what can I do because I knew there must be something but um 
it was just that it was the question and the question was probably where most people would be starting just like I haven't got a clue but I don't even know what I haven't got a clue about mm. so I yeah. asked I don't much. know what I don't know I hear exactly. it all the time honestly but that's such a good realization isn't it and even you saying that um, what inspired you is the fact that you worked with finance people that's what I usually tell my teachers my clients that if you don't know what niche to pick pick if you don't know how to figure out what you want to do think about your past think about what genuinely for some reason interested you or lit you up so that must be your thing then <laughs> yeah but the funny thing is, is I wasn't really interested in it before uh -huh. I used to sit in the office of one of my students who was the head of finance at a massive holdings company in Turkey and he he and I used to read through the company report that was what our lessons were and he taught me a little bit about the stock market but I just thought it was gambling Hmm. And it is if you treat it in a certain way. And it isn't. You're not, saying it isn't. Not if you do it <laughs> in the way that I'm saying, which is basically a, a philosophy, well, not a philosophy, but a type of investing called passive investing, where you're not doing what everybody thinks you are doing, which is picking individual shares and going, Elon Musk, I'll just buy whatever he's involved in, or I will sell whatever he's in, because it depends whether he's popular or not yeah. at the moment. That's not investing. It's speculating. It's gambling. It's, right. you know, if you're buying and selling them quickly, it's trading. And these just aren't investing. Investing is basically what pensions are built on. It's just putting mm. your money into the markets, which you have to learn how to do, but it's not hard. Um, you put it there and it grows over time, slowly, not excitingly. You, you ignore the ups and downs and that's what investing is. And you can those tools are available to rich and poor people and it doesn't matter yeah. how much. Of course, the more you put in, the more you're going to make. But as long as you've got time, that's how it works. Mm. The interesting thing is because you even mentioned that you had a period of, working and having that erratic income right so I'm wondering would people teachers and especially like freelance teachers on or people who can't really very often forecast and predict how much they're going to make month by month is it might it be the reason why they are scared of investing oh I can't get my mm -hmm. head around it because like I I can barely survive a very often, yeah. right? Mm. People think that you need a lot of money to put in, and you don't. I mean, of course, the more you have, the more you will make. Yeah. But if you could manage the discipline of putting one pound a day or one euro, whatever it is, whether you're working a day into a little pot, and at the end of the month you invest that, because there's mm. plenty of platforms that will allow you to start with 10 euros. Yeah. Um, if you can do that, over a period of years, I can't remember, I did the calculation the other day and then I, off the top of my head, I forget it. But like, let's say 15 years, that makes £7,201 was the total. Wow. I can't remember if it was 15 years or 20 years. So you mm -hmm. would save that amount, even if that's all you did. But if you invest it, you get to, to turn that into 20000 in that period oh. of time. Because the maths of compound interest is basically why it works. If you're putting it somewhere that grows and you leave it alone, it will grow. It's like a a weed in fact money is like a weed if you leave it alone it will grow and this is what people don't realize they think that investing is about I'm going to put my money somewhere and I'm going to lose it but it's like no put your money in the wrong places like cryptocurrency which right. a lot of people who are entrepreneurially minded and tech minded that's the direction that they went in well, yeah. they've all lost a lot of money because that's not investing it's gambling it's speculating so that's I think it's the fear of losing the money and then second, it's the belief that, well, I haven't got enough to put in in the first yeah. place. But you just start, just start, please. If mm. nobody takes anything other than this away from this talk, just please start with something. Because 
it will just grow without you doing anything. Mm. That also, like, thank you for saying this because basically that's my life philosophy. Just do it. Just start something, anything, and it will compound compound over time. I actually love the whole compound effect. I don't know if you've heard of that book. There is a book, Compound Effect, which is such a simple, primitive, I would even say, concept. But basically, that any action in life that you do for long enough in small, little, mini increments just compounds, like losing weight or adding something healthy to your routine or like building something tiny with for your business. It will grow over time, right? So people don't realize that, that those little drops contribute to the ocean that they might be creating for themselves. I think that would be genuinely, when I think about it, that would be my biggest, not even concern, but like that thought, oh, I feel like a lot of people suffer from all or nothing thinking. So it's either I invest everything and my all energy into it, or it's, uh, I can't be bothered, right? Yeah, definitely. And, And that's the thing. I mean, investing... I mean, I had savings. I didn't put every single penny into the same account on the same day. Mm-hmm. It was across a period of, well, you know, a few months really finding out, researching, and then even opening the accounts. So I was like, I'll do this one, put a little bit in, see what that's like. Then I went and did another one. Then I thought I'll learn about another type of stuff. And I added to it. And I'm still, you know, potentially adding things or taking things away that I might have invested in that I'm not so keen on, but it primarily I'm just leaving it there and adding money regularly, but also when I can, because my income mm. is still erratic actually. Like mm-hmm. I have to kind of function on a quarterly level because I'm a freelancer in Spain. You have to report your taxes every quarter and so it makes sense. But I still, I have a little bit of money that is automated that goes into something every month and you don't notice it. Just like you don't notice paying the other things that you always pay. Right. Your Netflix subscription, your whatever. <laughs> I can only think of that kind of, maybe that, now that's that's giving me lots of reassurance because I have, in the UK, there is this, um, I think there is more than one, but there are those online banking systems that aren't actual banks like Monzo or Revolut or things like yeah. that. And for example, my Monzo account has this option to uh, create an extra pot that just saves a little bit of every purchase, like for example, rounding. It rounds up, yes. Yeah. And that's brilliant because we end up at the end of the month having like an extra 50 pounds out of none, or even more sometimes because it really depends what you set it to. But it's like, oh, I didn't feel that, but it's unexpected mm-hmm. money. And I don't want to shame you or anything, but what do you do with that 50 pounds when you Nothing. find it? Nothing. <laughs> right. I uh, spend it on stupid things. <laughs> right so but that's that extra change and yeah. it's like it's like that habit stacking thing is it atomic habits that book you know you've already got the habit of having that app around your stuff up and then you just i don't know when you get to a certain number i don't know 20 or whatever it is then have it be automatically or manually going into the other destination where it's going to grow for you because it's savings really important and so is earning but it's only part of it investing is like this third part that nobody teaches about at school nobody teach your employer doesn't teach you about it especially in elt um and it's it's the one that makes those other two worth it i know exactly i feel like we're we're not taught the actual life skills in general at school and uh it's (laughs) Like life verifies, but it's also very hard if you have no awareness, because I feel like this might be the area where it's not even that people wouldn't want to do it, but there is just literally no awareness. 
there's nothing you don't know mm. you, it, it's just the thing that exists in I don't know other big people's lives word. big yeah. finance world like I dated briefly when I was um back doing my master's I dated this um finance guy that I met on holiday he was an idiot he clicked his fingers at waiters and you know and I and I and he became he was the kind of person that worked in finance that was not mm. the kind of person that I felt like I you know had anything in common with this is so interesting I feel like we're touching on money mindset stuff and like yes. the way we see people who I don't know if it's rich people but people who are generally let's say quote-unquote good with money or who are but because I think for teachers for for us for the for educators for people in that industry I think we don't associate ourselves as people who either deserve money or people who are ever going to be good with money because it's like all about survival and that's such a I think basically it is a mindset shift isn't it and it's about the nobility of poverty you know education oh, yeah. is supposed to be Ooh, pure such a tagline nobility <laughs> poverty this might be the the the, the topic of this um uh, the you know the title of the podcast why not yeah <laughs> but it's you know it's not noble to be poor and and it's it's not noble to not be paid properly for what you're doing and you know that's part of it but it's also you know the money working for you is quite a neutral thing actually mm-hmm. it's it's not you i don't know screwing people out of money so that you can have more and that they will suffer it's literally just your money has a mathematical ability to grow without mm. anybody offering Mm. and then if you really feel that you want to do something special and noble and all the rest of it with it you've just generated money that you can literally give to charity if you want Mm. oh my god that's what I always say that's 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 the kind of thought light bulb when when you said about that guy that you dated who clicked at waiters and I have a feeling that we have a certain association with people who um have money are good with money or like are rich whatever and like we feel that when we have lots of money we automatically become them right like i've mentioned this example a thousand times but how are rich people depicted in movies in pop culture it's all bad it's all really evil actually like devil wears prada the meryl streep yep. there honestly it's so awful it's absolutely awful and no wonder so many people have such a problem switching that mindset from oh but when I when I'm rich that means I'm greedy I will just always want more I will I won't ever be able to stop right but that's not the case you can totally use your money on charity on good causes on whatever right Hmm. that's such an important point Hmm. definitely like a lot of the slides that I have in the first lesson on my course is about mindset and you're talking about the exact things like I have a strip of Hollywood characters um and you know the the really interesting one is Scrooge because that is so in our minds the miserable rich person but the funny thing about that story when you go back and analyze it is he doesn't become poor at the end he just welcomes love into his heart you know, huh. that's what he does. He He's huh. still rich. We assume it happens off, off camera, if you like, but he's going to share his money with the Cratchits mm. and Tiny Tim is going to be okay. Because why? Because of Scrooge's money. Right, exactly. So, 
And we don't, we kind of, you know, we we just pick what we want to believe because that's the vision that we, I don't know if it's the society that has built it, but we've attached too much meaning and too much emotion to money. I feel like we ultimately just forget that money is completely neutral. And as you said, it's not like investing wouldn't be screwing someone over. It would be just the neutral mathematical, as you say, ability for money to grow for you. So it's, if if it's anything, it's just being smart about it, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and then you're going to pay taxes on it a lot of the time. So you're even giving back into the society that you're living in and the, the place that you're living because, you you know, most some investments will generate tax. So it's not like you're kind of living this above everybody else level of existence. Some things are tax free and some things are not. But, you know, you're putting back Absolutely. in. So have you noticed that there is a specific need in in educators, in ELT, because I know you mainly work with ELT uh, professionals um, who might need that type of support. I Obviously, I, I can see that, you know, this is because it's your background, you've worked and you, you, you perhaps are feeling, is it about feeling that you want to give back to the community or is it about something that you've noticed about teachers, ELT teachers or EFL teachers? It's, it's both of those things. Because, you know, this is, these are my people and yeah. I understand them because I am the same. And, you know, it's only a couple of years since I've been starting to think about this stuff, but I was exactly the same. So I'm like, I can completely get into their mindset. I know where they are. I know what their objections will be. And so it's partly that. But it is also, yeah, you know, lift people up because there's nobody needs to be so just destitute loads of teachers you know and and materials writers that just not earning anything and their their employers are just leaving them to hang out hanging them out to dry really because uh-huh. they don't provide workplace pensions and not only that they don't even teach them about the the system in their own country that they should probably be making the most of and depending where you live that system's going to be more or less good for you but you know, provide people with that basic education, but I think they can't because they don't want to draw anyone's attention to the fact that they've not given them a pension from their workplace because exactly. that's the best kind of pension to have. But, you know, I, I just think it's it's not right. And there's other things that I've done, like, because I used to speak at conferences about, like, gender-related women in ELT kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so some people know me from that. And I then, you know, I had children, but also I got a lot of backlash for that. And it did, you know, I, I was backlash for this, talking about uh, gender issues. Or... Well, it, it riled quite a lot of people who felt insulted. It's like the old guard. Some of those people are now nice to me because mm. they've had a change of heart. But I left that stuff alone. I was being I was being called a self-promoting bitch once on somebody's like comment on a blog post I've written for somebody else. And it just wow. got a bit much. So I think in a lot of ways, I've always been trying to kind of like take an injustice and correct it. And so this is a, a massive injustice, but no one has yet called me a self-promoting bitch. Mm. <laughs> so. Well done. I mean, also awful. Sorry that it happened to you because it's just, yeah, there is a certain clique. I feel like it, every industry and every field will always be a little bit clicky and it's hard because actually the ELT world is quite small so mm-hmm. I think it's, it's just those things are bound to happen but um yeah that's that's something that we definitely have in common I can hear because I've always also felt that ELT people are my people so I also work with other teachers obviously and like teachers are my people but uh I've always felt like yeah if I learned something or have succeeded at something why like honestly it would be 
it would feel bad for me not to share it with them. Honestly, that's that's just where it comes from. So that's that's I think so that's in my in my private life, I've become that person that's saying to people, "Have you got a pension? No. Do, do you not know? You know, like I bet make, they love you, know, you for it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I've become that person, but it's like I just you know I just suddenly realize like oh my god, everybody needs to do this. If you're not doing mm. it, you are leaving thousands and thousands and thousands on the table mm. over your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I so. Um, my basically like professional career was mainly freelance, I would say, like when it comes to teaching or teacher training. But then I had that one period of my life when I worked as an ADOS in a language school in London for two years. And that's when I had pension. I was like, I don't give it because I don't really know what it even is about. Yes. So like, I don't even want to be involved because I don't understand. I don't want to be stressed about it. Nobody tells me. They just send you send send you a letter with a leaflet and say, go to the website and read this stuff. That oh. you won't understand. Yeah. Mm. And this is like somewhere where I'm also trying to focus now is, is people who've got pensions who like you um, either don't understand it and or just think, I've got that, don't know what it is, but I'm sorted. And mm. the thing is, they very likely are paying quite high fees on that thing. And mm. the complicated to explain now, but fees will eat away tens of thousands over your lifetime of mm. money that you never see because you're paying fees that are higher than you should be. And so quite a lot of people on the course in about week two, I get them to go and look at the fees that they're paying and it's always more than it could be. And so just from that point, even if they don't do anything else, they just change products then they will make their money back on the course. I mean, a hundred times over, but it's just you, if you don't know somebody else is making money off you. Oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. Somebody is always making money, right? Because it's, it's, <laughs> it's such a truth when it comes to like pricing, being an entrepreneur, if you're not making the money, somebody else is <laughs> in some way, one way or another, which is also an interesting thing to, to kind of consider. Right. So, um, do you, so you've run a few rounds of your course now. Am I right? Yeah, perfect. I'm on the so third had, one now. Oh, nice. Perfect. So it's been a uh, like a year of doing that now? or Well, the, the first course was in May, June. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like a beta course uh -huh. because I just, you know, I wrote it as I was giving it. I've kind of got a loose plan, but I wrote it as I was doing it. And um, then I wanted to run it live again so that I could refine it, which I did. And then I'm ending up running it a third time because basically I'm doing a course about making video and I'm not quite ready to record them. So I thought, well, I'll do it live again. And actually I am refining now, not the content, but the model, you know, like I added uh -huh. a workshop and I've decided to add a little one-to-one -one coaching Amazing. session. So I'm just kind of messing about with that stuff. But January's will hopefully be partially at least recorded because I can see now that the input, the, the kind of factual stuff that you need to know, people can take that without me being live. What they yeah. need is to be able to ask questions and what they need is the support to then put it into practice afterwards yeah. because people are kind of a bit hesitant to start opening the accounts and mm. that's where they need the help. So I'm going to be sort of directing my time more to the thing that really needs me. Mm. That sounds really good. And by the way, uh, anybody listening, that's the best approach to running a course ever. So business coach approved, check. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. running a course with just an outline and building it as you go is the best thing you can do. So honestly, well done. Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. And um, what else did I want to ask? I wanted to ask, so if 
me as a complete beginner, complete ignorant, let's say, where to start somewhere. Obviously, do not reveal anything that's on your course. But like, where do I even start thinking about it? How you mentioned it could be just that little sum of money that I put aside, like, for example, the pot that I've yeah. got on my Monzo, which apparently is a good thing. But how do I even start thinking about it? Or as a self-employed person, for example, because a lot of uh, people are either like, um, I'm a limited company, but a lot of people are just sole traders, self-employed. How do they think about it? <clears throat> and where do they start? Well, the first thing that you can do is literally just uh, look at your finances with your eyes open instead of with your, you know, covering your eyes and just ask yourself, how much every month could I take out of here? Mm-hmm. And once you have that, you commit to it in your mind and then you want to have somewhere for that thing to go mm-hmm. and you want to be opening something simple. But the thing is, they're all simple. But it's hard for me to say, what should you do next? Because really what you need yeah. to do is go and now learn what are the options. Yeah, And that's something that the first four weeks, of my course is only six weeks, but it takes the first four weeks to just tell people, here are the things. Mm-hmm. Because then when you know them all, you can make a proper decision because in investing, you have to have balance. You have to have things that are going to, you know, be doing well when something's not doing well because nothing's doing well all the time. Right. And at the moment this year, the stock market is horrible. Bonds market is horrible because of inflation and high interest rates and the war in Ukraine and all of these things. And if you've only known about stocks, you're going to be quite put off, I think, because you're going to be like, all I'm doing is putting my money in here and it's losing money. You have to understand the whole thing so that you understand, okay, this one's a long game, but I've got this other kind of investment product, which is also very simple to understand, but I didn't know about it before. And that one's balancing this one out and that's how it's all okay. Mm. So it's, it's, you know, if somebody's really not going to do any kind of like, they're just not going to learn anything, then just find out what is the tax-free private pension allowance in the country where you are if that system exists because not all of them do mm-hmm. and aim to put it into something mm. okay but you want your fees to be low and low means under one percent mm. because you know one of the mistakes people make is they're like i don't know anything about maths but one is a low number I mean, you, <laughs> you, know, you can't tell me it's not but it's not it's in not. investing mm. it's not so if it's you're not. finding products where your bank is offering that are 1%, you need to go and look for something lower. And ah. that, I think, where most people would have to then be like me, spend six months researching it all by themselves. And that's where, honestly, just do a course. It will pay for itself. Yeah, I bet. Exactly. So I wanted to ask, like, if somebody wanted to do your course, wanted to get good at it because, for example, they've been feeling a bit insecure or for whatever reason, um, what do you think is the biggest argument here? I've We've heard about not leaving money on the table, basically. What else could it create in a life of, a, of an average teacher or an ELT professional? Or, yeah, I bet other languages as well, uh, <laughs> language teachers as well. What kind of, what could it get out of it, basically? Well, I mean, literally you'll get money out of it. So that's ah. the first thing. But it's, um, it's, it's, I think a lot of people, they feel quite empowered and uh, confident mm. and not overwhelmed because it's a whole area of the world and our sort of human experience that a lot of people are afraid of or they don't understand. And then what happens to people after they've done the course is they start sending me articles that are about, you know, finance or they might be about politics or the American elections and how it's affecting the markets. And they send them to me and they're like, I 
fucking understand all of this. I wouldn't even have read it before. And so that knowledge makes people feel like I am participating in another part of the world and it just makes people feel better. And so, you know, at the same time, you need to be opening the accounts and putting money in. Otherwise, it's very nice to know things, but you, you can actually just put it into practice. But without needing to have this kind of complex knowledge of financial yeah. instruments you know no one needs a finance degree I do not have a finance degree but that's not what's necessary so mm. it's it's that it's knowledge and then it's actually just making money and that's financial security because it you know is, my bills it? are mm. outrageous at the moment and mm. I know that in the worst case scenario I can set a toggle in some of my accounts to pay out instead of because I have them set to reinvest because compound interest mm-hmm. um but, you know, I can have them pay out into my account. I can pay the electricity bill for them in the winter if I need to. And that makes me uh-huh. feel a lot better. That is very appealing, especially in in, in the very, very right unstable now. times that we're now. So you're saying that there is there is basically no difference when you start. Now we're t- in times of crisis, right? So people might be feeling like, is it a good time to, to invest at all? It's actually the best time huh. because in terms of the stock market, there's different kinds of things, but in terms of the stock market, everything in turmoil, that is like going shopping in the Christmas sales instead of when the prices are the highest. So it's actually anybody that starts now is in a better position than I was because when I started, it was record market highs. Now, you don't try to time the market. You just do it because you're looking at the long-term you know, mm-hmm. effect. So I don't feel terrible about that. But you know, everybody who does my course after me for as long as this you know downturn is happening is going to to be poised to take advantage of the recovery more than I will. Right. So well, that makes sense. That's to good start. to know. That's something that people might be actually also asking themselves. Interesting. Huh. Good to know. Um, I have to say, my husband will probably be very excited to hear about this <laughs> because he is the saver in our family. I'm like the one who makes the bold decisions and doesn't really think about the details. Um which you know it's it's but but definitely it's very appealing and that part when you said about empowerment of of being in the know about how this whole situation like for me the word stock market mm-hmm. is such a turn off because literally i have no idea what that means literally it just you could tell me about how it works and i still like but what it's like li- recently i've had that um experience with insurance and I've only recently learned how insurance actually works (laughs) how excess works how everything works and it was like the reason I was feeling so insecure about it is that I never actually properly learned which you know I'm not the one to blame nobody ever teaches you that but it's it just gives you so much of that safe fluffy little feeling that you're "Hmm, okay I can deal with it in the future if it happens right Mm. yeah And I think, you know, the stock market is not very difficult to understand. There's a lot of things that people do. You know, there are a huge amount of financial instruments that I don't have anything to do with. And as a normal, you know, normal person, you don't need to know. You don't. Mm. It's just like, you know, in order to have a bank account and make it work, you don't need to understand corporate finance and how, you know, you don't need to. You just need to be like, okay, this is the bit I deal with. And it's like that. I mean, it's like with uh, having a teaching business. That's what I teach people. I don't have a marketing degree. I don't have a whatever degree in setting a business, but I learned the basics that are absolutely enough or even more than enough for teachers. And that's all you need. So that's, I like that approach because it also is like 
counterbalancing our own perfectionism, isn't it? When it comes to starting different projects um, and things. So I love that. I actually love that. Um, so you've mentioned your course already. So could you tell us a little bit more about what it is, the Chilled Investor? I love the name, by the way. And how can people get in touch if they were interested about hearing more or maybe joining your next edition? Okay, so the website is um, www.childinvestor.com, so it's very easy to find, but you can also find me on LinkedIn, Nicola Prentice, that's really easy. And I think the best thing, because there's not, I'm not actually selling places to the course at this moment, so the best thing for people to do is just to get on my mailing list. So there's a couple mm -hmm. of buttons around there, and there's also a nice survey that pops up where you can do a little financial health check and then get the results of mm. 50 other people in the industry who've done that survey, and you can kind of compare yourself to where you are against them oh that's so, that's so cool quite, people love yeah, quizzes. So i'm really gonna do it compile <laughs> it's really fun to compile and now actually I, I based it on a sample population of 50 people but now i've got another 70 so i'm gonna look at the results again and see mm. you know where it is but anyway so if you're on my mailing list then you're going to hear about when the course uh takes place again and you're also going to learn a little bit more about me than we did just now about how i got into it but um you know after that like the course page does sort of outline more or less and it's basically six at the moment is six weeks of live delivered classes plus a workshop and i'm adding a one-to-one -one little coaching session into that mm. There's worksheets and stuff, very TEFL, you know, concept checking and vocab tension stuff because I can't it. escape my background. Um, and so there's all of that kind of comes with the course. And then in January, a large part of that will be delivered by video, but there'll mm -hmm. still be this kind of interactive element with um, the workshop and stuff at the end because it's the, the strategy planning part that people need the help with. And strategy planning sounds terrifying, but it really is just what am I going to do? Where am I going to put my money? How much am I going to invest every month? It's like, it's not hard. None of it's hard. And I think people are really surprised just how not hard it is when somebody's mm. explained it to them in a way they can understand. So, you know, I think everybody, I think this course should be basic training delivered by language schools. And so I will start approaching schools, but for the moment, I'm just, you know, doing it for people. So mm. that's how to find me. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. To me, it sounds like, like I mean, you've sold the course to me like a hundred percent, honestly. It's, it's, it, it sounds amazing. And like something that I think I talk a lot about people who make that decision to start their own businesses, who, uh, it's not even about freelancing, but yeah, let's say working for themselves. They need to accept that they have to take responsibility for many more things in mm -hmm. their life professional life especially and this could be one probably of the best decisions that will secure their future right because you know making money is not always easy I can tell you of easy ways to make money bring in money into your business but if there is something that as you say in a passive way works for you um while maybe sometimes there will be some ups and downs and ebbs and flows of your business um I guess it's a no-brainer, isn't it? It is. I mean, originally when I started this, I was wanted to send my money to do something. But then I started thinking, you know what? Nobody gives me paid holidays. If I can earn X amount per year, I have given myself the right, because I always thought about it in terms of like, do I deserve this? Have I earned this? And I was like, well, 
then I've paid myself for a month off every year if I right. take them out of course I mean I, I am not I'm reinvesting it but in theory I'm paying my own holidays and that's but nice you could thing. exactly exactly because sometimes people feel really guilty and yeah. they I find my clients work through their holidays because they feel like they can't tell somebody but they've paid so I have to I mean if you feel that guilty then at least pay yourself and so that you like Honestly, there is there is so many issues when it comes to money mindset that we could probably record a, a separate episode about that, which we could definitely. Yeah. I would love to speak to you again. Uh, <laughs> so again, thank you so much for this highly uh, informative and a very, very exciting talk. I didn't know I could get excited about this, actually. It is exciting. It really is. And this is like this been this whole new thing for me. And it is. I'm excited about it amazing yeah you, you can tell you can tell <laughs> uh so all listeners please do follow uh nicola on linkedin i'll obviously um put in all those links in the description of this episode on my website as well as on buzzsprout so if anybody is interested get in touch or even just do the quiz that's fun that's just fun and see one how minute your, one minute yeah. that quiz takes <laughs> exactly Amazing. Who doesn't love quizzes? Um, and you will hear more about it. Maybe just learn a thing or two to feel more secure about your finances. That's definitely something that um, is an amazing idea to raise awareness of. And yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Thank so, you. So my view. Thank you so much um, for coming. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Thank you, Nicola, for again, for in, uh, agreeing to do this. And see you guys next week. It's not your fault that you don't know how to make good money as a teacher or how to market your teaching. Nobody's ever taught you, but I'm on a mission to change that. Teachers make the world a better place and they can be excellent at business. They just need direction. That's what I'm giving you here and on my YouTube channel under the same name. Make sure that you also follow me on Instagram at ola underscore coaches underscore teachers and check out my website www.olakowalska.com to see if any of my paid offers including my one-to-one -one coaching, my business foundation course The Rocket or my membership for teachers in business could be the right fit for you. I'll see you soon in the next episode.